Ultimately, she abandons the buffalo and runs off with Tobias. Now, Deus Ex Buffalo will return more than once. It will. Don't worry. We have not seen the last of the buffalo. As much as you wish we had. As much as... Listen. Everything we know about morphing up to this point says that in order to get the morphing power, someone who has the morphing power, previously it's only ever been an Andalite, holds the box, and the person who's gaining the morphing power touches the box. In order to acquire something, you have to touch that thing for more than just a moment and focus on it, and sometimes it goes into a trance, sometimes not. In order to morph the thing, you have to maintain continuous focus on the thing that you're morphing the entire time. If you don't maintain focus, the morph stops. We saw it 10 pages earlier with Cassie when she was inside with the buffalo when she stopped because she was too focused on listening to the conversation that was happening outside. You have to maintain focus. The whole fucking time. This buffalo cannot possibly be doing that. The Literally the only instance we have seen of uncontrolled morphing, and to be clear, one instance was with the uh, allergy that yeah. Rachel had to the crocodile morph. And I am not bringing this up as a, aha, precedent, no, because that was a very specific circumstance that acts, I believe, in that book, cites as being a rare occurrence. It would be hilarious to me if this instead was an instance of the buffalo with a morph allergy. <laughs> that would be hysterical. That would be hysterical and deeply horrifying because then you would have another separate Chapman just walking around without any learned anything Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean we could try to bend over backwards i know danielle won't this is entirely (laughs) theoretical we um (laughs) to say like maybe it's reacting strangely with the buffalo dna maybe it's because it was a creature that didn't have enough sapience from the jump to truly engage with it in the way it's designed yada 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 you could make up excuses but reading this as a piece of animorphs canon to be clear is bullshit Mm -hmm. it makes no sense um and from a body horror perspective or it's a shame because from a body horror perspective that's really upsetting yeah like the way the morphing is described the partialness of it is very upsetting i think i was skimming when i first read it and i'm kind of glad i did (laughs) once we get in because i hadn't realized he was effectively fully chapman just trying to eat grass i thought it was still Uh a weird mishmash he's Um, he's fully chapman except for the the fur Which is yeah. just, which is a cop-out appre- Yes, but also I kind of do appreciate <laughs> I do, I do the appreciate uh, contrived it. lack of nudity <laughs> of their middle-aged principle that they are children. Yes, I, I do appreciate but, it, but it just, it struck me as like, ah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
Um, but one thing that strikes me to change the mood somewhat, um, and I know it's because the kids know what Chapman looks like mm-hmm. and how he acts, but the way Chapman, or sorry, the morphed buffalo is acting Mm-hmm. Sounds very similar to the descriptions I've seen of people who have got like severe mental disabilities. Like mm. some people live like that. And the way it's described is like very ableist and othering. Like I yeah. know it's coming from the place of this is a, a animal not knowing how the body it is in works. Mm-hmm. But when you are describing the a hum the physicalness of a human man crawling, dribbling, like this is somebody that could have severe brain damage or a developmental disorder. And that, as you were reading it, hit me really hard. And I'm like, mm. Jesus fucking Christ, that was the choice you decided to make for this. Like yeah. and it is, and um we're gonna get uh, a lot into ableism in the next uh, episodes oh, yeah. uh, when we discuss book 40 oh, yeah. and, but I think it does come from the perspective of as a presumably uh, able-bodied um, individual it might not even occur to you the implications behind a description like that mm-hmm. um, but it is our responsibility as as like able-bodied people to be aware of things that we might be perpetuating like that's our privilege mm-hmm. and that is the inherent ableism of society is not even thinking about the way in which we casually other behaviors and bodily functions that are just a day-to-day part of life for some people. Mm. So, And to be fair, body horror can run into that anyway as as like a subgenre there's a couple of very good video essays out there that uh, make a point to engage with the issues with it and how we need to be careful how we unpack it uh mm-hmm. do search those out but it's a thought that just struck me that i should mention like yeah i'm seeing that and it it bad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i know it's like narratively it's because this is somebody or looks exactly like somebody they know. And it's so it's how alien it is to see that person doing that thing. Mm-hmm. But still, it's mm-hmm. bad. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it's... <sighs> it, it's just... It's It feels like some other things that we have seen before it feels like it's here for the shock and horror yeah and like that's it like there is and and it it, it becomes in this book a very ham-fisted discussion on like what happens when so so they are sentient beings that are frequently put into the bodies of non-sentient beings. Sapient beings, I should say. Sapient. Um, and, you know, we have even commented on when they morph other sapient beings, like other humans, like when Rachel has morphed Cassie, or when they've morphed Torquebajir, or when Tobias morphed Andalite. Like, there is a brain there, that, but not a person. Right? Mm. 
um, there's a sapient brain there, but not a person that they're morphing. Mm-hmm. And it's in, it's informed by like instincts and things like that. But there is definitely something to discuss with the thought of something that is non-sapient morphing into something that is. And like, what happens there? Like, I think that yeah. is a very interesting and thought-provoking thought experiment. But it's handled this book ain't it. extremely <laughs> poorly here. Yeah, th- this book ain't that thought experiment. Yeah. Um, I would say there's a brief instance later with a different creature that also touches on that sort of inherent horror of like mm-hmm. a way of perceiving existence and the self that is so alien to be completely terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, coming from a direct the direction opposite that we're used to experiencing in these books that mm-hmm. is a uh, very fleeting and super interesting. Yeah. But to get back to this specific section, look, also, and this harkens back to what we were saying at the top, is Cassie is already holding herself fully accountable for this. Mm-hmm. And like, yes, you left the key, but like, this is plot contrived to give you a crisis. Mm-hmm. This is bullshit. You are. That whole thing about like, oh, feeling guilty for stuff that isn't your fault can be as much a form of um, narcissism as anything else. Mm. Um, Because like, it's not your fault. Why are you taking the blame? Mm -hmm. And also, also, I appreciate that this is a children's book, but also... If you're going to fucking cite a reference, what? why would you choose Frankenstein over Dr. Moreau here? I mean, come on. Right there. Frankenstein like, might be the more well-known one for middle grade But readers. it doesn't fit! It doesn't <laughs> fit! <laughs> like, I, at 13 years old, in whenever I was 13 years old, I'm not doing the math back, <laughs> Like, yes, Frankenstein is culturally known, but she's using Frankenstein as to refer to the doctor mm-hmm. there, as in creating the monster. Mm-hmm. I know I, at 13, was of the cultural understanding that Frankenstein is the monster, mm-hmm. not in the, like, it's the creature. We all know Frankenstein is the monster. We've all had that conversation online. Okay, thanks. Um <laughs> If you're going to fucking cite that might be a reference a little low kids, or maybe make his go, huh? Because I, I would put money on Cassie written well, having been introduced to the concept of the Isle of Dr. Moreau. Because, mm. you know, that's a cool, less upsetting horror story about an evil vet Dr. Man. Mm. You know, uh, to be fair, I know the Simpsons parody better than the actual uh, which just goes to prove my point because I'm fairly certain I saw that <laughs> as a kid. So I knew who Dr. Moreau was. Uh, <laughs> I am not the yardstick with which to judge everybody else. Uh, but the thought just struck me. I'd say, mm-hmm. But if, if Cassie has the, uh, um, the awareness that Frankenstein was the creator, uh, I feel like she gets to know who Dr. Moreau is. I'm just saying. <laughs> In a tiny pet peeve in a chapter that has so many other problems, <laughs> I'm going to highlight this <laughs> because I can. 
Uh, I do think Tobias is pretty on point in this book. Tobias, Tobias is just like, I'm just not engaging with that. I'm going to look at you and not at the <laughs> horror show behind me. Cassie, do you Tob- know how good my vision is? Yeah, like, like <laughs> Tobias bringing the big like autistic ages, like, I'm not looking at it. I'm not engaging with it. I am compartmentalizing like a mooch. Also, <laughs> like, he's got to have so much of his own shit going on, like, yeah, the controllers who know that birds can be the Andalite bandits. That's mm-hmm. a very smart-ass looking bird. Bang, bang. Like, and he's having to direct searches and keep an eye on Cassie and keep an eye on the helicopters. Like, kid's got a lot going on here. And now he has to deal with the Chapman buffalo. <laughs> I would put my back to it and talk to my friend instead also. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be like, mm-mm, mm-mm, nope, nope. <laughs> If I can't see it, it's not there. God bless my predator vision with my eyes on the front of my head. I'm looking this way. Please don't tell me the correct. I'm sure birds have got a better vision than that. I'm sure they do. I mean, you're you're, you're correct. They do have binocular vision. I also don't know how much they can see the sides. Uh, More than humans, but not as much as other birds. Thank you for thank you for educating me in this. But yeah, so Tobias, <laughs> front, facing foot. If I can't see it, it's not happening, and we're just going to pretend I can't hear it. Mm-hmm, um. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, yeah. This is just as I said. It's fat, like from a body horror perspective, and like Danielle saying, the thought experiment of a creature that has never experienced sapience having that kind of understanding all of a sudden because we know from the morphing that the kids instinctively understand or can tap into the instincts of Mm -hmm. the animal Mm -hmm. they understand things like how fucking echolocation works Mm -hmm. instinctively what does it mean to be in a human brain and instinctively understand how a human functions yeah an adult human brain mm -hmm, that's finished developing that is in theory operating as it should. I also have feelings about um, what it means to acquire somebody when yerked. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't need to talk about that now. Yeah. I mean, um, it's it's just from the sense of like what, what sticks around and what doesn't when you morph back, right? Uh-huh. Does the buffalo now understand object permanence because as a human it did? Like... <laughs> Don't know. Is it something that's about the actual brain wiring? It's it's a fascinating thought, and they do it so dirty. I'm so mad. Yeah, like there is (sighs) the potential here, but also that would involve like if we were getting into the actual specifics of it, that would mean the kids intentionally trying to give something the morphing power. Yeah, no, which is they wouldn't do and is bad and deeply unethical. That's what yeah. Dr. Moreau would do with the cube. We're just like, oh, this just made my life so much easier. <laughs> Wicked. Um, uh, sorry, but, I, I'm now going down a very dark AU timeline for various things. Take me, bring uh-huh, me back to the book. Uh-huh. Right. We should, Cassie's we should... giving herself a hard time because yep. now she's abandoned an animal with human DNA in its bloodstream. So now it matters more than any other animal. Yeah. Apparently. That, that, 
Oh, I was so mad when I read that because I didn't remember that in particular. I don't. Rem- mm-hmm. I didn't remember much about the specifics of this book. Like I, I knew <laughs> in general what happened, but for the most part, I had scrubbed it from my memory for reasons. Uh, because when mm-hmm. I read it the, even the first time, I was so mad with it that I just mm-hmm. was like, "No, this isn't canon." Goodbye. Um, mm-hmm. it's- but yeah, Cassie's moral dilemma of this. The of this creature that she takes responsibility, whether you agree that she's right to do so or not, because now she has a moral obligation to this creature because it has human DNA. I hate it. And that's what it boils down to. And that is so shitty. Yeah. And that's what it keeps and- boiling down to. It's not like she thinks that and then is corrected or she thinks that and no. comes to a different conclusion. That yeah. that continues I mean, to be her reasoning. And we do have a conversation later when, like, the kids talk about, like, spoilers for later, but, like, Axe is like, am I any more, am I any less an Andalite because I've morphed human? Mm-hmm. And the kid's like, am I part to be fair Marco gets undone by the judge just like am I less human because I've morphed gorilla and just sort of like mm, big monkey my not yeah. <laughs> and that part one of the few good moments of the book to be mm-hmm. fair but like and talking about how having been something doesn't make it a part of you mm-hmm. um, and they're just trying to so the book does in has moments of trying to engage with it mm-hmm. um and point out the flaws in the thinking, but doesn't do enough to make it clear that this is a bad way for Cassie to be thinking about it. Mm-hmm. It just presents Cassie's point and sort of basically uncritically. Because yeah. even if the others do go like, yeah, well, maybe that's not the case. We don't have Cassie going, yeah, no, they're right. I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it's, it's, I am, I am reminded of a reason why a friend of mine uses it, its pronouns, which is that it doesn't want to be considered as above or separate from any other animal, right? Um, mm-hmm. and it just like, this is so antithetical to that <laughs> on so many levels. Yeah. Um, because while I don't use it, it's pronouns, I do, I, I, I hew closer to that way of thinking than other ways of thinking. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, I don't, it feels very bad to say, no, this buffalo is more important because it has experienced in whatever twisted brief way humanity and it's like no that's bad actually and this feels like somebody has taken sentiments expressed by cassie in the past about how or somebody's read well cassie thinks acquiring human dna is morally wrong Mm-hmm. So, ergo, because a human life or is more important, whatever, I'm using the term loosely. Um, so, ergo, a creature that has human DNA is more important. Like, I can see mm-hmm. how somebody might get to point B from point A, but mm-hmm. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thank good, but, chief. No. Uh, but she's running. She morphs wolf for a little while, keeps running. Um, she's just getting exhausted. Um, uh, right at the point where it seems like she doesn't have anywhere to turn and she's going to, like, get caught. The helicopter veers off. The others catch up with her and tell her that Eric managed to, uh, put together something that could draw the helicopter off, like, that would put out a morphing signal. Um, and it won't last long and it's not going to convince them more than once, but it, it gives us this respite to, to regroup. Um, and so they, the kids all meet up and they're like, all right, well, the Chi are taking over our places at home. So we're covered for the night. Like, what are we doing? Um, and Cassie's like, well, uh, I'm pretty sure that we're relatively close to where I was when I was lost with Karen. Um, and there's a cave not too terribly far from here that we could reach as wolves, um, and hang out for a moment. Um, <clears throat> and so they do all morph wolf and head out that way. Um, but in the meantime, uh, Tobias says that he filled the other Animorphs in on what the fuck is going on with the buffalo, and Axe realized the big danger of the buffalo, which is that the buffalo, uh, if the buffalo learns to speak like it learned to stand, it would be able to identify you, which is pretty objectly ridiculous because learning a language takes a lot of time. Uh, but sure, it could theoretically, if captured, point out Cassie out of a crowd because it did see her morph. Um, yeah. and Cassie. And to be fair, that, that is a logical thing for somebody who is understandably paranoid. Yes. To yeah. think as well. Like, yeah. also, then if somebody yerked, mm -hmm. it could then search its memories. Yeah. Ca Cassie makes the point that, like, they wouldn't even have to rely on it to to point her out, they could literally just infest it and tap into its memories and see. Because we've seen Yerks uh, infest horses before um, and know that they can infest a wide variety of things that have large enough brains, so why couldn't they? Um, so they move and they make it to the cave and uh, they are trying to come up with some kind of plan. They can't, they can't play keep away forever. They're going to get exhausted soon. Um, this conversation with the kids is one of the few decent bits of the book, mm -hmm. frankly. Like, mm -hmm. despite the sentiments being expressed in places like this, Ghost Rider has a handle on the group dynamic mm -hmm. quite well. Like, the way the kids talk to each other feels mm -hmm. very on point yeah um this is the conversation uh that jade mentioned um uh, where rachel tobias says we have to deal with the buff human and rachel's like well that one's easy we just have to get rid of it i.e kill it um and cassie's like but he's already acquired human dna so what? You're saying if we kill it, it's murder? Rachel asks. Come on, Cassie. It's not a human anymore that I'm a bear or you're a wolf. Or I'm a big monkey, Marco added. Silence. 
Okay, so maybe Cassie does have a point, Jake said, obviously trying not to laugh. Nice, Marco smirked. Very nice, Prince Jake. Uh, Axe swiveled an eye stock in Jake's direction. Prince Jake, Marco and Rachel do make a valid point. I too have acquired human DNA. Does this make me a human rather than an Andalite? Silence. I hate these kinds of questions, Rachel said, says Rachel. There are never any concrete answers. I say we do whatever we have to do to protect ourselves, and if that includes killing a buffalo, well, too bad. We know firsthand that cows die every day to make hamburgers. I missed that on the first tree. <laughs> oh, see, I saw that in cackle, so. <laughs> um, uh, there's, you know, some quibbling between Marco and Rachel. Jake's trying to get everybody on the same page. They can start to hear the helicopter coming a little closer and a little closer. Um, and uh, Jake's like, all right, we, we, we need to destroy the sensor somehow. And Tobias is like, okay, so how do we get inside the helicopter? You know, take it one step at a time. Um, and Jake's like, why do we have to go inside it? How, do we, how are we supposed to de destroy the sensory devices if we don't get inside the helicopter that's carrying them, Rachel said. Maybe we should take down the whole helicopter, Jake said. Don't even risk going inside. Um, and they're like, all right, so how do we take down a helicopter? <laughs> uh, they don't have the element of surprise, which is what they would normally rely on. Um, and Jake says, uh, actually, I do have a plan. We give the Yerks what they want. We let them get a good look at the morphing cube. Um, and then we fake them out. Once the Yerks pinpoint the source of the energy, because we let them ca catch us, bookmarks, they're going to be on the lookout for a trap, right? So we come up from behind. Uh, the guys in the helicopter are hunting the source of the morphing energy. We're it. We let the cube be spotted and then take off. And while they're trying to run us to ground, one of us hangs back and ambushes them. Um, there's uh, more back and forth of like, okay, so how is the one person who ambushes them supposed to take down a whole fucking helicopter? Um, and then Marco has the idea thinking about uh, Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. Uh, Impeccable reference not, from my son. It is. Not a suicide run, a cartoon run. Oh man, I am so good. Listen, what does Wiley Coyote do when he wants to squash the Roadrunner? He straps one of those Acme rockets to his back, Rachel said. Dive bombs in or something. Marco slapped his forehead and groaned. No, come on. Am I the only one educated in cartoon combat? We all stared at Marco. <laughs> oh, for he drops an anvil on him. Don't you get it? We need to drop an anvil on the helicopter. <laughs> ah, Jake said slowly. Okay, yeah, it's perfect. We can't do it over the woods, though. The last thing we need is to cause a fire or something. We lure the helicopter out over the ocean, and then we drop the anvil. And the anvil is a whale, in case you, as the reader, were mm. at all confused at this point. The anvil is always a whale. It's <laughs> the biggest thing they have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so two things about this back and forth, which has some great things like um, the peck and poop plan, which is just <laughs> very funny. Um, first of all, I want to, uh, first, I got to bring attention to the line that we've established that Danielle hates, or maybe not this line, but Cassie just offhandedly mentions mm -hmm. about how birds get sucked into airplane engines and cause crashes all the uh, time. Yes. Uh, and Tobias is immediately deeply uncomfortable, uh, comments that it's not a good way to go, which prompts the suicide run comment from Rachel. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when Marco goes full Looney Tunes. And to be clear, 
I will, yes, Looney Tunes. You got to make a fake like tunnel on the side of a mountain <laughs> using the cheese projection stuff and just get the helicopter to fly into a wall. Perfect. Yep. And they're just like, you got to drop an anvil. It's like, oh, yeah, that's probably simpler. Okay. <laughs> but I, I am trained like... in the way of cartoon combat. I feel like just making a hologram on the side of a mountain would work. I mean, yeah, just make it look like this is the way to go and have the helicopter chase them in the water or something. Mm -hmm. Bish bash bosh. I'm a, I am a tactical genius because I have seen Wiley Coyote's mistakes and how they have undone him <laughs> and have learned how to do better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is the plan. It's dumb, but... To be fair, you cannot fault the logic of if we drop a heavy thing on the helicopter, the helicopter will be not a problem anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so the kids, um, more for some reason, uh, Cassie has decided the buffalo morph is her new morph to use. Um, here's her new battle morph to use. At least for this one. Mm-hmm. Um. We get another thing about within a heartbeat, the horns popping through her scalp. Bad. Um, but to be fair, it is more, it is larger than her wolf morph. Mm -hmm. So I can see why maybe. Also, if she's thinking about it, about the other buffalo. Um, uh, but now we get a fight scene. It is. The taxons have caught up to them. Yeah, it's hard to follow. Uh, it's a little all over the place. But um, it is visceral in places. Mm -hmm. Unsurprisingly, Taxon versus Buffalo, the Buffalo <laughs> comes out significantly better. Um, and for, But for all this is fairly... Uh, the The shots that we see land, as it were, are brutal and... The buffalo is a terrifying battle morph, mm -hmm. to be clear, uh, the way it is described as such. Um, and the kids are doing a lot of damage to a lot of hawk bajir as well as taxons, to be clear, just to over underscore this book's attitude towards morality once again and how it is all over the fucking place. Mm -hmm. um, but it isn't a good fight. Um, and the tide is turning because the the numbers involved, um, they're going to lose and people are starting to take damage. Like Marco gets, a sh yeah, gets his scalp split open, more head damage, mm -hmm. um, and is struggling uh, to stay conscious. Um, but hey, Buffalo X Machina is here. Um, to help with the fight. And to be fair, I do feel like having a second African Cape Buffalo fighting on your side would definitely help with the odds. Yeah, a fresh um, one coming in in the middle of the battle, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pissed. It's heard Cassie's bellowing and has gone to assist. Mm -hmm. Um, fair. Um, and it's like, it's implied like that gives the kids like a second wind like they've got back up a fresh fighter in the fight um and it helps turn the tide um in the aftermath um there's more talk about this buffalo and how it can morph chapman um 
And Tobias reminding like Cassie that the buffalo doesn't know what it's doing as it attempts to morph back to human. Um, and we yeah, get this she, little she exchange. Says it's becoming human. Yeah, and Tobias. Yeah, she's give she gives it intent, mm. uh, which Tobias sort of corrects. Uh, Rachel comments on the unnaturalness of watching this morph, and then we get some more self-loathing courtesy of Cassie, who promptly replies, so are we. Mm-hmm. Um, which, one, Jake definitely gives a mmm face in her direction. Mm. Um, to be fair, if my girlfriend was like describing herself and us like that, I would also give a concerned look. Um, and then Marco points out about the conscious choice to morph. Mm-hmm. And how the buffalo is mimicking them. Um, and when the, um, and Cassie's like, well, what if it learns to reason and things like that? And the buffalo starts attempting to talk mm-hmm. um, or making noises. And Cassie, again, describes it as it's learning to talk with a mix of hope and nausea, just sort of like, mm, okay. And Marco's like, no, this is just random firing off neurons. And Cassie attempts to go commune with the buffalo. Um, and it's like, she's being kind. And this is a thing that we have seen Cassie do. Mm-hmm. Like, she is the one who reaches out in the group. Mm-hmm. But she's sort of like trying to push it into like talking more, just like trying to get through to it and Ka- and Jake is pointing out like yeah no don't push this if it becomes too human it's going to be a problem and Rachel's just like yeah it's not going to be a live that it's not going to live that long um and points out like and the clear implication once again is that if the Yurks don't deal with this she's going to mm-hmm. because like she's not going to be put at risk by this specifically mm-hmm. by Chapman um or a, a weird mutation version of Chapman. Um, but they've got a bail again because the helicopter's approaching. Um, they all go wolf, another rapid morph, um, and they're back on the move again. Cassie wants to go back for the buffalo um, and is feeling guilty about leaving it. And Jake someone points out, well, if it's not in morph, it's not going to draw draw the senses, but we will, so we need to go. But the buffalo follows after them anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, bugs, uh, bug fighters are now in the area, firing down into the into the forest. A uh, pair of taxons uh, get the drop on the group um, right in front of Tobias, and Cassie intervenes, uh, letting go of the Escafil device to do so. Um, and helps to buy and takes it down one of these taxons, helps to buy us with the other. Um, and she goes back, picks up the device, and Tobias thanks her. Oh, yeah, because he's in Wolfmore for the moment, too. Um, and Cassie gets chewed out by Jake for dropping the cube um, because there could have been another taxon around to grab it. And um, feeling chastised, Cassie like, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. And Jake sends Rachel to the back uh, to be with Cassie uh, in the in the running order. And Cassie starts berating herself, like she should have known better that to put the cube down. But then, if she hadn't, 
Tobias would have been ripped apart by the taxons. And we get this little exchange between Cassie and Rachel. And she's like, he's worried about you. And Cassie retorts with, he should trust me to do the right thing. And here's where we get just a deeply upsetting bit of insight uh-huh. um, from Rachel. Um, he does, or he would or he would have made somebody else carry the cube. That's why he put me back here. While you do the right thing, I do the necessary thing. Get it? And which which is enough to mollify Cassie rather than being, you know, horrified by the implications of the mm-hmm. statement. She's got a lot going on in this moment. Um, but just like Rachel, like one that just understanding of Jake and how he operates and of how the group functions. Mm-hmm. But I also like the way like, I do not have the time for a pity party right now, Cassie. You are my best friend. <laughs> that is, look, not now is not the time. Okay? Like you do the things that are right, I do the things that are shitty but need to be done. It's how we work. Can we please <laughs> keep going? Um and it is what Cassie needs to hear in that moment, to be fair. It gets her back on sort of on task. Mm-hmm. But Jesus fucking Christ reading that hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. And this is where I'll give the Ghost Rider credit because for all the flaws um, we've already discussed and go back to the previous episodes about 27 and 31, which are Rachel and Jake books, Mm -hmm. this writer does understand how this group works. Yeah. I think it's just one more example of a Ghost Rider really fucking up when it comes to writing Cassie. Because everyone else's characterization is pretty damn solid. It's just Cassie happens to spend a lot of time away from everyone and in her own, obviously because it's a perspective in her own head. Yeah. So she is the dominant character in the book and the all the glaring flanderization and mischaracterization, frankly, that comes with it. Yeah. It's Cassie's is an incredibly hard perspective to write anyway because it is such yes. a delicate balancing act. Um and it it's just I think as we have mentioned before, it is uh deeply unfortunate that the only black character is the hardest character to write uh and therefore gets the shit end of the stick more often than not. There are vanishingly few books in which we see Cassie at her best um, from her perspective. There are some books, like several books that we have mentioned before, where people like do get Cassie right, but then you don't... You're seeing her from the outside. Um, mm-hmm. And not not that internalization. And Cassie just gets so many dumb as fuck books. Like 24, the Helmicrons. 34, not as dumb, but still like not fighting the core war, they're off world, bottle episode kind of deal. Uh, 39, buff a human, dumb as shit. 34, excuse me, not 34, uh, 44 is another bottle episode where she's off on her own. Having an adventure that's 
has a lot of its own problems. Like, we don't get to see her in her element except in like 19 and 29. Uh, Boo. And it, it's, it makes me sad because she's so complex and interesting. Um, and they yeah, just, like, they don't do her justice. Yeah, like we've been like there's such potential and a foundation of an amazing character mm-hmm. here. A comp like Danielle was saying, someone complicated and fascinating. And in war stories, we do deserve to hear from and experience them from the characters who don't want to be there, who hate mm-hmm. what they're doing, but do it anyway because they know it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Who takes the well-being of their friends and their enemies into account and continues to have Mm -hmm. empathy and seeing these fucking missed opportunities and these consistent fumbles and just returning to the same okay but what if Kirsty had a moral quandary about something yeah it's bad i feel really bad for anyone who has has cassie as their favorite character frankly because mm-hmm. it's got to be deeply unsatisfying, um, deeply unsatisfying, with the canon representation that you get. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's just unfortunate all around, and yeah, I won't. I won't go into more because now I'm thinking about future things. Um, but there's another fight. Uh, you know, they're, the Yurks are right on their tail. Um, they have the bug fighter with a whole bunch of dragon beams going off. Uh, she can't fight because she would have to drop the box in order to do so. She can't use her teeth. Um, and so she kind of hides, not like su- not super well. She kind of like crawls under a bush. Um, but the helicopter is right or- right above them. There's a huge spotlight. Um, and Jake tells her to just fucking run, go head for the beach. We're right behind you. Um, and she takes off slash they all take off like this is one of those instances where the action is really confusing um because all of the animorphs are embroiled in this deadly fight and jake tells cassie to run we'll be right after you and she kind of hesitates because she doesn't want to leave her friends behind uh, a tree is hit by dragon fire and shatters. The spotlight comes over towards her because it's looking for the source of the morphic energy from the blue box. And then it says, we took off, zigzagged, and somehow managed to lose the helicopter. Okay. <laughs> what? But they keep running. Um, they come upon 
a road that they need to get across, but they don't want to just run across because there's going to be controllers on the road and they don't want to just like wave a flag saying we're here. So the plan is to is for five of them to morph flies, fly over to the other side of the road, morph back to human. Marco throws the box over to the others, then morphs fly and joins them. Uh, this is so is, dumb. It's, it's so The conversation dumb. about how to get across the road, dumb. You have cheetah morphs that go super fucking fast. If you, if it, yeah, it's bad. There are so many different ways this could have been handled. Mm-hmm. Um, do I like that it is my son, the bas- and uh, one of the basketball enthusiasts, though not as good as Jake, who throws it? Yes, I do. Do I have feelings about Marco being the volunteer to be the one left behind? Yes, I do. But nevertheless, this is bad and stupid. <laughs> it's bad and stupid. Yes. Like, the, oh. there's no spotlight on the road. You could have turned into anything. Anything. It's bad. <laughs> like, the fucking plot pauses for them to argue about how best to get across the road Yeah, as well, to be clear. They do have a conversation with this. Mm-hmm. Um, because how do they get across the road? Just so many bad jokes. With the cube. Um, like, I mean, none of you have tried morphing holding on to it. But, you know, maybe it's too early in the series to morph or holding things. Um, we'll get there. Maybe, maybe not. This is why you need to morph with kangaroo pouch or something similar. <laughs> Marsupials. They, most of them have pouches, right? Morph a possum. Tuck the esca- toddle across the road. Who's going to look twice at a possum? I need to stop backseat animorphing. <laughs> I shouldn't judge because I play in an animorphs game. But we have definitely had discussions on how to overcome issues that have taken longer than this for the for a problem that is about this level. Yeah. To be yeah. fair, I, yeah. I shouldn't judge. They they are under a lot of stress and they are children. Uh, yes. And they are exhausted. But, also, <laughs> but it is frustrating to read. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of back and forth in their discussions like, what do we do about this problem? Well, we can't attack it the way we always attack problems. Okay, so what do we do about this problem? Well, I don't know. But we have to figure out what to do about this problem. Yeah. Like, it's just a lot I, I will of give, back and forth. Yeah. I will give one shout out to this chapter, um, which is the helicopter is approaching. Get Jake saying, okay, let's do it. Sorry, Rachel, that's your line. And she says, I'll let it slide this side, but don't let it happen again. That <laughs> I liked. Um, it does feel like. Well, you were just saying, though, it feels like this book is trying a lot of the time. She's like, yes, we know they normally do this, and this is why we can't. And we're going to say it expressly in the text. So you know that we know that they could have done this, and this is why it won't work. Mm-hmm. It's like showing your work in the worst possible way. Yes. Like uh, you could just have them say the solution they go for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they do it, it works, um, but it also partially works because, uh, Cassie does make a sweet catch. 
<laughs> she yeah, that's pretty the fucking Cuban sick. midair. It's pretty cool. That is pretty. While in Wolf Morph, to be clear, yes, yes. catches it in her mouth. And Jake does make a good comment about next time we fight Frisbee, you're on my team, which yes. is just cute. Um, uh, but Marco makes it back across and uh, the controllers are distracted because the buffalo is here. Um, it steps out into the road, um, in front of a bunch of human controllers who kind of like look at it like, the fuck? <laughs> um, Which is, to be fair, I feel a fair reaction to a buffalo walking out of the woods in front of you. Yes, yes. Um, I and- too would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and they surround it and, uh, the animorphs are like, well, we gotta do something because if they capture it, like they they think it's an andalite right now. If they capture it, capture it, like Visser Three is gonna try to infest it, and then it's he's gonna know, right? Oh god, um, is this scene? Fuck, I've just remembered where we are. Yeah, it's really fucking dumb. It's so dumb. <laughs> it's uh, so. They decide to go rescue the buffalo. They kind of like walk towards it, but then hang back for a second. Um, because, uh, the helicopter is here. Um, and so they kind of just stand and watch as Visser 3, as an Andalite, comes out and crows over the fact that he captured one of the Andalite bandits. How thoughtful of you to group together so that the Helmicron sensors would have no trouble locating you. Um, let's make this simple. Where's the device? He stepped up to the buffalo and jabbed a slender finger down into one of its gaping wounds. The buffalo snorted and swung its head, its horn narrowly missing Visser 3. The Visser moved away slowly, his main eyes half-masked, almost as if he were drugged. Dear listener, that's not how acquiring morphs works. You can't when, do it when some when something you're trying to acquire is touching you. That's not how it works. It's bad. I felt my soul leave my body. Um, and Visser 3 snaps out of it. He yells at the buffalo. Um, and everyone's just standing around. Like, literally, everyone's just standing around looking at this buffalo. And then the Animorphs, like, walk out of the woods so that they're just, like, on the other side, standing there. And Visser 3 kind of, like, looks at them. And he's like, or maybe one of you have it and not the buffalo. Never mind the fact that he can count all six of them in front of him and he knows that there are only six of them. But there's also a buffalo. In any event, the buffalo starts to morph Visser 3. Uh, Which, while dumb, is funny because it is of the funny. Spider-Man pointing meme. It is. It is the Spider-Man pointing meme. Um, and it, like... It, so he, he morphs and the, it, it, the Animorphs attack during this. Um... And then Visser 3 and the buffalo point back at one another. It is literally the Spider-Man pointing meme. Um, to be fair, Visser 3 is trying to make clear, no, I'm Visser 3, attack that one. Like, 
There is right. a reason for it. It isn't just dumb pointing and the mu- buffalo yeah. continues to do as it's been doing, which is mimic what it's seeing. Yes. Um, and uh, then we and do... The- the, I'll give the buffalo credit for instantly being able to wreck shop with an andalite tail blade. Yeah. Um, it, so Visser 3 lops off one of the buffalo's arms. The buffalo, like, just hits him with the flat of his blade. Um, knocks him out. And he doesn't knock him out, just kind of, like, knocks him over. Oh. And then he, he gets to his feet and lashes out again and cuts off one of the buffalo's, uh... No, he does knock him out. You're right. Um, yeah, because that's what ends the aspect of it. Before he can put together, hey, wait a second, how is a buffalo turning in? Well, I suppose... Yeah. He'd know that, that he was looking at himself, though. Something you would as think. As vain as Vissa 3 would recognize You would himself. think. Uh, no, clearly this is just any Andalite. Yeah. A particularly handsome and striking Andalite, but just one of the Andalite <laughs> bandits nonetheless. I don't understand Christ. why the, like, they, they, it isn't in the middle of the fight that they stop and, like, start pointing at each other. It's like the buffalo has morphed and then they start pointing at each other and the hork are like, I don't know. Which one do I shoot? It's like, what? You saw him morph. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with you? Uh, and then the and then the animorphs just like run back out, having done mm-hmm. nothing. Buckle. And they just leave. And, yeah. Fevisa three is unconscious. The Hellbajir are like, mm-hmm. the buffalo currently is an andalite. Runs past the Hawk Bajir into the woods following the kids. Yep. And that that's that pointless scene over. Um yep. 